الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلاً وسهلاً a very warm welcome to this week's edition of Revival in Motion It's wonderful to have you joining us for this hour where today we delve into the textbooks, into the pages of history and seek to be inspired by the life and times of Sayyidah Fatima Zahra binti Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and we find out more about Fatima radiallahu anha, we learn about her life and times and we seek to be inspired to follow in her example inshallah ameen. My name is Rehan Umar and it is a pleasure to have you joining us on the program today Alhamdulillah we find ourselves edging closer also to the month of Ramadan and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to place plenty of barakah for us in our preparation, in our spiritual preparations as well for the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fill it with blessings and fill it with ease and fill it with khair. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. So to begin our program for today, inshallah, our focus takes us to some Quranic reflections. And today's reflection is about looking beyond the surface. We all know that one selfless person who does everything for everyone as second nature. This person may be your mother, your aunt, your father, a friend, someone who never asks for anything yet is always doing things for others. So this is not about just appreciating people, which we should be doing of course. It is about not forgetting them. The fact that such people often silently struggle hurt and suffer too. Their kind nature and easygoing attitude may mask all of this, but we should always be looking beyond the surface. I invite you to ponder over a description in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 273, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, an ignorant person would think themselves sufficient because of their restraint. Here, in this ayah, what is being described is those who are poor and do not ask. People think they do not need money, but we extend the wisdom to the selfless people who never ask for help or thanks. Our duty towards these people is to be their aid, to help them without them having to ask, to appreciate them knowing they do not expect it, and to ask about them when no one else does. The selfless who seek no attention or praise are truly Allah's people and His special ones. Imagine being of the few that help to take care of those beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this understanding. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. And that leads us to understanding more about the blessings of good friendship. One of the things as we prepare our hearts and selves for the month of Ramadan is having good friends. For they can be an excellent influence and have an impact on us as we prepare for Ramadan. Think of people you know who are really well prepared for Ramadan, um, you know, each year or who as you witness them are preparing so well for it. I'm sure that many of them will say to you if you ask them that part of that success 
in preparing well spiritually for Ramadan comes from having good companionship, good suhbah. And that leads us to this topic today, the blessing of good suhbah, the blessing of good companionship or friendships. Maintaining good company cannot be overstated because it plays such a pivotal role in shaping who we are and in influencing us to choose either the straight path or a destructive one. Much of our lives are spent interacting with people, family, friends, co-workers. All of these relationships are governed by codes of conduct. And the most important rule for a Muslim to follow in maintaining them is to have taqwa, to be ever conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we try our best to acquire a higher state of taqwa in our hearts, we will analyze our every action to ensure that what we do is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that we maintain our relations with others in the best manner possible. Maintaining good company cannot be overstated because it plays a pivotal role in shaping who we are and in influencing us to choose either the straight path or a destructive one. It is important to reflect on the company that we keep both at school or work or in our leisure time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran Kareem in Surah 25, Ayat 27 until 29, of which translates as, And remember the day when the wrongdoer will bite his hands and say, Woo to me, would that I had taken a path with the messenger. Woo to me, if only I had not taken so and so as a friend. He has led me astray from this reminder, meaning the Quran, after it had come to me. And shaytan is ever a deserter to man in the hour of need. A Muslim who befriends another who prays five times a day is more likely to follow suit and pray with him. Similarly, befriending those who have bad habits will cause us to adopt their habits due to their constant presence and influence. In an authentic hadith, Rasulullah said, Do not keep company with anyone but a believer, and do not let anyone eat your food but one who is pious. Abu Dawood in another hadith, Rasulullah said, The example of a good companion and a bad companion is like that of the seller of musk and the one who blows the blacksmith's bellows. So as for the seller of musk, then either he will grant you some or you buy some from him, or at least you enjoy a pleasant smell from him. As for the one who blows the blacksmith's bellows, then either he will burn your clothes or you will get an offensive smell from him. This hadith is recorded in Sahih Muslim. In his commentary of this hadith, Imam al-Nawawi said that Rasulullah compared a good companion to a seller of musk. And he spoke of the virtue of having companions who are good, companions who have noble manners and piety, companions who have knowledge and good adab, good etiquette, 
such are those who grant us from their virtue. And he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, forbade us to sit with those who do evil, those who commit a lot of sins and other bad deeds, as well as with innovators, backbiters, and so forth. And other scholars said, Keeping good company with the pious results in attainment of beneficial knowledge, noble manners, and righteous actions, whereas keeping company with the wicked prevents all of that. Life in this world is short, and soon we have to answer for our every action, including the company we keep. Ask yourself, is the company I am currently keeping diverting me from Islam, or is it keeping me on the straight path? We're going to go for an ad break, and when we return on the other side of this, we're going to explore some of the ways in which we can maintain productive ties in our life that will benefit us both in dunya and akhirah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us good companionship in this dunya, in the qabr, and in the Akhirah. And we ask Allah to make it easy for our youth, that next generation, as we are living in such times of fitna and fasad, we ask Allah to make it easy for us and the generations to come until Yawm Al-Qiyamah and to bless us with good companionship, with people who remember Allah, people who honor and revere the deen, people who are obedient to the sunnah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us all lives of barakah, lives of khair, lives of noor. Ameen, ya rabbal alameen. Join us after the break as we continue this discussion. Stay with us. Alhamdulillah, we continue with our discussion on maintaining productive ties and with some practical tips to keep good company. If you've just joined us, this is the second segment of this hour. We have three segments in this hour. In the first segment, we turn to the Quran and to the lifestyle and the hadith of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to remind ourselves of how important and crucial it is for our dunya and our akhirah and our deen uh, to have good friends. And we're now looking at tips to maintain good company. Then coming up in the third segment of this hour, the last segment, we're going to be hearing from uh, from um, Juwairiya Lunat and she's talking to us today about life lessons from Fatima binti Muhammad and inshallah we find out more about this daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and what we can learn from her and implement in our own lives inshallah. So we said before the break how important it is to ask yourself the question regularly. Is the company I am currently keeping diverting me from Islam or is it keeping me on the straight path? And here are some practical ways in which you and I can maintain productive ties in this life. Keeping the Akhirah in mind, we must prioritize befriending righteous and virtuous people who will help us stay on the straight path. Inevitably, Throughout life, there will be people in our environment from various backgrounds and those who do not share our values or aims or principles in life. We should respect all individuals, 
regardless of their background, but ensure that we are in the company of those who will help us stay on the straight path and not divert us away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Often when our children are growing up, what we tend to do is uh, when they are very young and they have play dates and they're meeting their friends and, uh, you know, spending a lot of time with them and with us as parents, we get to know those friends and their moms and dads very well. But as our children grow older, as they enter the tween and teenage age and they want to experience some independence, we don't often know very much about their friends. And what happens is many of us don't um, don't make that effort anymore. We say, oh, they're big enough. They can choose their own friends. Very much so. Yes, that makes sense. But at the same time, important to welcome them, uh, you know, uh, to get to know their friends and to be in touch with them as much as we can. And most importantly, keep making dua. If we can lead by example, where our friends are a good influence for us in our deen, dunya and akhirah, then inshallah our children will model that example and they will search out friends that are good. They will search out people who, who pray this salah, people who, um, who um, do not intermingle, people who are honest, people who are kind and respectful. So before we have, we're looking to see, well, what kind of friends do my children have? We must ask ourselves, what kind of friends do I have? Who do I count as my friends? If I were to number, name them on, on one hand, and I look at my friends, the sum of which, are they potential good for my akhirah or not? So that's really important for us to go inwards. And it's not too late, no matter how old our children are, if we can model having good friendships, having good people as our friends, people who, who worship Allah, who pray, who fast, who do good deeds, who are excited for Ramadan and doing any type of good, who are sincere, who are not ostentatious or showing off, our children will naturally rotate, revolve to those type of character traits as well and look for that in their own friendships because they're watching the type of friends we choose. Respect everyone at home and at work. Deal with everyone kindly and justly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us all with different personalities, with different qualities and character traits. And so there may be times when we do not share the same opinions with our fellow sisters and brothers. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all merciful. And if we maintain good relationships with our family and our friends, if we adhere to the principles of Islam, we can ensure that by the help and mercy of Allah, we are on the right track to a rewarding akhirah. Listening to people attentively, that's such an important one. Paying attention when someone is speaking to you, making sure you gather the full extent of their message. And giving sincere advice that will benefit people, but not rush uh, to do so in an overbearing manner. I know it's a tall order, but it's part of this life that we go through trying to be the best versions of ourselves for the sake, for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Reminds me of a hadith in which Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu said, which is mentioned in Al-Azab al-Mufrad, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faced someone, he faced him completely. When he turned away, he turned away completely. I have never seen anyone like him. And I will never see anyone like him. Allahu Akbar. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Another thing that we can do is to give gifts frequently. 
We don't need a reason to exchange presents. Surprise your loved ones, your friends, by doing something nice every so often. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu narrated that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Give gifts and you will love one another. Again, gifts can be in so many forms and ways. Can be gifts of, of, of something tangible, physical, of time, of an experience. And, you know, when we talk about gifts, we're not talking about spending excessively or beyond our means. Going back to niyyah, going back to sincerity. Why am I giving this gift? Right? What's my intention? Keep in touch with friends and relatives by visiting, by calling, by inquiring about their well-being. We live in a time and age where we can use social media. Don't let social media or technology use you. So instead of us stalking friends and family, being jealous about them, why not pick up the phone? Or, or, or if you're not ready for that, or you're introverted, or you're not comfortable with making calls, or they are not, at least text. You know, it takes a short message, one or two lines to ask, how are you doing? Thinking of you. How is the family? Or giving a dua for them. And this can soften our hearts. And this can keep us in close connection with our loved ones. You know, be there for each other. At least in this way, we offer this moral support. And especially during times of hardship. Accept their invitations. Invite them in return. Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu reported Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Abu Dhar, when you prepare the broth and add water to that and give that as a present to your neighbor, Sahih Muslim, and visit them when they are sick and supplicate for them, make dua for them. Thawban, the freed slave of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, reported that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, and this is mentioned in Sahih Muslim, he who visits the sick continues to remain in the fruit garden of Jannah until he returns. So as the saying goes, it is better to be alone than to fall into bad company. So if you are unable to find good companionship, keep yourself from falling under negative influences by engaging in other productive activities by yourself. I pray that we can all maintain fruitful relations which will benefit us not only in this dunya but in the dunya and the akhirah and most importantly that our relationships, our friendships will be pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and will be a means for us to enter Jannah al-Firdaus. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. This is something that's of concern to all Muslims, not just young and old, everyone, everyone. That we continue to nurture relationships with people who remind us of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So take a moment during the next ad break and I invite you to reflect on the first five people that come to mind as your friends. They could be just friends, they could be family who's friends, neighbors, colleagues. Uh, and, and, and who are those five that you would, the first five that you would consider as your friends? And, and do they remind you of Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Do they remind you of worship to Allah and ittiba' to the Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Do they lead you towards Jannah or are they a temptation towards the fire of hell? And that's really important as we get closer and closer to Ramadan because while the preparation of the heart and the mind and the body for Ramadan is something we do individually, there is a collective impact and influence from the people around us, 
from the environment around us. And if we can have friends who are excited about Ramadan, who are keeping their qada fast, who are making up for their qada salah, who are starting to wear the hijab or improving on the quality and upgrading their application of the hijab in all aspects of their life, who are giving sadaqah regularly, who don't have outstanding zakat, who are not actively engaged in backbiting people, who are simple and not ostentatious in their ways, then naturally we will want to be like them. And may Allah grant us such friendships. Ameen. Coming up after the break, we hear from Juwairiya. Luna Juwairiya is an alima and a fitness trainer, the founder of Joharat al-Ummah, which is a youth group initiative based in Johannesburg. She teaches alima, maktab, madrasa, teens, adult reverts, and tafsir. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. Coming up after the break, we hear from her on the topic of life lessons from Fatima binti Muhammad, radiallahu anha, and more on the life lessons of Fatima al-Zahra and what we can learn and implement in our own lives too. I'm so excited to hear more. I'm so excited to bring this alive from the seerah into my life and I'm sure you are too. More coming up after the break. Stay with us. In this third last segment of the program, we're learning more about the life lessons from an illustrious woman of Islam. In past programs, we've looked at many of the Ummahat al-Mu'mineen, so the mothers of the believers, the wives of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and we've explored and sought to understand what lessons they've left for us, uh, left behind for us, and how we can now practically implement those same lessons in our lives too as well. Today, inshallah, we will be learning about Sayyidah Fatima al-Zahra radiallahu anha, the daughter of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi with Alima Jawairiya Lunat, who is taking us through this topic. And so we welcome uh, Mu'alima to the program. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Radio Islam. Alhamdulillah, Jazakumullah khair, great to have you with us. Our first question is uh, to ask you to please share with us a brief introduction on Fatima binti Muhammad, any information available on her life from the books of Islamic history, please. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Um, firstly, Jazakallah khairan for the opportunity. Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha was such a magnificent woman um, to have been placed on this earth. When you listen to her stories, it um, is so relatable for some women, um, some of the aspects, and there are so many things Two we can strive for. And Fatima radiallahu anha was Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's youngest daughter. She was the fourth daughter. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had four daughters. Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha though is the queen of all the women in Jannah. Now there's a difference of opinion when she was born. Some narrations say that she was born uh, one year after Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam got Nabuwa. Some say that it was five years before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam received Nabuwa. Now, the word Fatima radiallahu anha, it is said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired her name. And the word Fatima refers to someone who is safe from the fire of Jahannam. She was married to Hazrat Ali radiallahu anha when she was 15 years old. And she lived with Hazrat Ali radiallahu anha. Seven and a half months later, 
um, after she got married. Now, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam loved her the most from all his daughters. And it is so beautiful because whenever he left for a journey, he would, she was the last person he met. And when he returned from a journey, he was the first person he would meet. Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also had this beautiful tradition where when she would meet her father, she would kiss his hands and of course greet her father and sit close to him. And the same thing, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha narrates that she had not seen anyone more similar in speech to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam than Hazrat Fatima. And Whenever Hazrat Fatima anha entered the house, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi would greet her, kiss her, and tell her to sit close to him. Now, while Hazrat Ali and Fatima anha were married, Hazrat Ali anha intended to marry Abu Jahal's daughter. Hazrat Fatima anha was very distressed and expressed her grief to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And in that time, it was part, it was very common to marry more than one wife. But she was very distressed by this. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then said to Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu, Fatima is a part of me. And whoever distresses her, distresses me. And it was for this reason that Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu never married another woman whilst he was married to Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha. And only once she had passed away and left this world did Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu marry her niece. During the lifetime of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha worked very hard. And this story is narrated that Hazrat Ali radiallahu anha was saying once to his students, Shall I tell you the story of Fatima radiallahu anha, who was the dearest and most loved daughter of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? When the student replied yes, he'd like to know. Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu mentioned that Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha used to grind the grain herself. And because of that, it left cons on her hands. And, and she also carried water in a leather bag, which left marks on her chest, or left a mark on her chest. And she would clean the house all by herself and do all the house duties, which would cause her clothes to be dirty. Once there were captives brought as slaves to Medina Sharif, and Zali is saying, I said to her, go to request from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for an assistant to help you in your work. So she went to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but she found many people around him. Now one of the qualities of Hazrat Fatima anha was her modesty. She was extremely modest. That's once it was said, Something to the effect that she was asked by Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what is the best woman? And she replied that no man sees her, nor does she see any man. Subhanallah. That is her level of modesty. So when she seen there were people, she went back home. The following day, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came to her house and said, Dear Fatima, what made you come to me yesterday? So Nabi Sallallahu noticed her there. Feeling too shy to say anything because she had to request from him a slave, she kept quiet. However, Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu was with. So she said, he said, O oh, Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Fatima radiallahu anha has developed corns on her hands on account of grinding the grains. 
Carrying water has left a mark on her chest. And because she's bun- constantly busy in the domestic duties, her clothes are, remain dirty. So I told her to come to you and request for a servant. So that is why she came to you. And in another narration, it is said that, Hazrat Fatima Radiawan said, Ali and I own only one bedding made of sheepskin. We spread it out to sleep on during the night and use it in the morning to feed the camel. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Be patient, dear Fatima. Nabi Musa alayhi and his wife owned only one bedding for 10 years, which was his cloak. It was only this that they spread on the ground to sleep upon during the nights. Inculcate taqwa, fear Allah, and keep fulfilling the obligations you have towards Allah together with attending to your domestic duties. Then when you go to bed, recite Subhanallah 33 times, Alhamdulillah 33 times, and Allahu Akbar 34 times. This will be better for you than a servant. Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anh said, I am pleased with Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is who she was and this is the patience she bore. It has also been narrated something to the effect from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said the best woman of this world are Hazrat Maryam bint Imran, Imran radiallahu anha, Hazrat Asya bint Muzahim radiallahu anha who was the wife of Fir'aun, Hazrat Khadija bint Khuwailid radiallahu anha was the wife of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Hazrat Fatima bint Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam radiallahu anha who was Nabi sallallahu daughter. So she falls into the category of the best woman in the world and the queen of Jannah. Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha was also known as Fatima al-Zahra, so Fatima Zahra which many people keep that name. As well as she had the nickname of Batul. She was referred to as Batul because of her merit and virtues. Now, with regards to her death, it's quite a beautiful story as well. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha mentions that before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had passed away, he quietly spoke to Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha. And what he told her first made her sad and she wept. And as Aisha radiallahu anha and some other wives from Nabi sallallahu were present, but they didn't know what they were talking about. And then whatever he said to her made her smile and happy. So the Aisha radiallahu anha asked her, what did Nabi sallallahu tell you? And he, she said she could not divulge what Nabi sallallahu had informed her. After Nabi sallallahu passed away, she then informed the Aisha radiallahu anha what was said and Nabi sallallahu was informing her something to the effect that his time in his world is ending soon and she wept a lot and when Rizam seen her said he informed her something else and what she, he informed her was that from those close to him should be the first one to uh, meet him in the year after in Jannah. And six months later, as a Fatima radiallahu anha fell ill, she asked her, her slave to get her water ready to bath. She took a bath, she laid on her bed with her right facing the qibla, with her right hand under her right cheek, and she said, Now I'm going to pass away and she passed away.
And of course, there is so much of Fatima radiallahu anha, more than what has been mentioned. But this was just a brief amount. And even that brief amount was such a long time. Before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had passed away, he quietly spoke to Fatima radiallahu anha. And what he told her first made her sad and she wept. And as Aisha radiallahu anha and some other wives from Nabi were present, but they didn't know what they were talking about. And then whatever he said to her made her smile and happy. So the Aisha radiallahu anha asked her, what did Nabi Fasim tell you? And he, she said she could not divulge what Nabi Fasim had informed her. After Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa passed away, she then informed the Aisha radiallahu anha what was said. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was informing her something to the effect that his time in his world is ending soon. And she wept a lot. And when Rizal Sin has said, he informed her something else. And what she, he informed her was that from those close to him should be the first one to uh, meet him in the year after in Jannah. And six months later, as a Fatima radiallahu anha fell ill, she asked her, her slave to get her water ready to bath. She took a bath. She laid on her bed with her right, facing the Qibla, with her right hand under her right cheek. And she said, now I'm going to pass away. And she passed away. And of course, there is so much as a Fatima radiallahu anha, more than what has been mentioned. But this was just a brief amount and even the brief amount was such a long time we learn about her relationship with her father and how she was so beloved to um, her father and she had to have wonderful qualities in order for her father to love her so much and how she used to kiss her father so it shows us how we should actually treat our parents. Our parents, our fathers are not estranged from us. They are not now we have our lives and now it's about friends. To love our parents, to kiss our parents, to greet our parents, to have a good relationship with our parents, to, um, to honor and respect them as well. We also see that we should give good names. Like in today's time, then, uh, we are getting very modern names. Some, some are never known. Some are just have good meanings, which is absolutely permissible and fine. But at the same time, we need to revive the names of the women of the past. Because if we keep on keeping new names that were not known, or were not Sahabia, or were not pious women of the past, then we won't know. Who was Hazrat Fatima? Who was Hazrat Khadija? Who was Hazrat Aisha? So also to go back to keeping simple, beautiful names of women who had such uh, wonderful stories that inshallah can also be a part of our children's lives. Also we learn uh, about her being shy. It's a very beautiful quality also to be shy. 
and she didn't complain herself. Her husband noticed. So this this ability not to complain. A lot of us believe we have sabr, but we complain. Oh, I walk the whole day. You know, I'm getting arthritis and I'm bent over backwards because I have to make so much rotis and I have to run after my children. When we when we make as if our life is a burden, it becomes a burden upon us. And Fatima really got, found difficulty in the walk, but she did not complain. Her husband noticed the difficulty and picked it up. So sabar is not saying, oh, I'm making sabar, oh, I'm making sabar, but we complain the whole day to everyone or we, uh, every person we meet, we tell them about our difficulties. Sabar is to do what you do, trust Allah, make effort into trying to change what is difficult for you and and leave it up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not just to say I have sabr, but we tell the whole world our troubles. We also learned that what her father said, she took it. She was a person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also speaks about the Sahaba in the Quran. They Sami'na wa ta'na we yearn, we obey. That she, when she heard her, she heard her father saying to make dhikr, she didn't protest. She took that on and she says, I'm pleased with Allah and his Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There are beautiful stories in Fazali Amal. So to make, to read Talim into our house, bring Talim into our house. PhD Zewer has beautiful stories of women of the past. Nowadays, there are so many authors who are creating beautiful little stories of Hazrat stories of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha, Hazrat stories of Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha, um, to send them to Madrasa because there they will learn so much about the Sahabiyah radiallahu anha. So even in Maktab, don't stop Madrasa by grade six, grade seven. Send your kids to Madrasa till their whole life they're going to be students of Deen. Also, just as we emphasize reading books, take them to Islamic bookstores, libraries, and get them to pick out books on the women of the past. Also, there are so many ulama who who do discuss these, and perhaps in your area, see who is doing tafsir, who is um, which madrasas offer um, uh, discussions of the women of the past. Perhaps there's youth programs centered around. Um, things for girls which um, will of course um, a lot of it will come from the women of the past so send your daughters just continuously send your daughters and you read up so that every day you can tell them a story or you do it uh, you tell them okay today you need to find the story of the sahabia and mention it on the supper table bring the names of the sahabia into our homes important for our sons also to know about these women because they would want to bring up women just like the woman of the past, like as a Fatima radiallahu anha. It's also good for them so that they can see how to be. Like I said, Ali was, he's seen his wife suffer. So what must a man take from there? I must do my duty. Let me get my wife a domestic, right? So it's to see what was a man like? How did they treat the woman? How was a woman like? But okay, I mustn't tell my wife, yes, as a Fatima was patient, be patient. No, I must think, I must be like as Ali. Right? And a woman must think, I must be like a Fatima and be patient. Not my husband must be like a Ali. Right? Which is what we do a lot in today's time. No, to swap it around. See how can I be better. Also, it helps um, then men choose good names for their daughters. So our sons to choose good names for their daughters. Also for them to want to um, have wives and daughters like um, 
the, the Sahabiya radiallahu anha. Also it shows men in our sons that how they should treat women, how they should treat their daughters, how Nabi Islam would kiss her, how Nabi Islam would or, or said something in effect that she's a part of me, to be so poetic and really love and cherish your own daughters yeah, yeah. and realize the status of women in Islam. Like I mentioned earlier, the our Fazali Amal, sending our children to Madrasa, um, going to the bookstores, the Islamic bookstores, and reading about it. Also, don't just take everything you read from Google. There are a few things that are not correct on Google. So, best is to um, find authentic books in your uh, bookstores. At the same time, listen to the ulama who speak of the Sirah of Nabi Sallam, who speak of the women of the past. There are many um, uh, audios from authentic ulama that you can uh, listen to. Also, continue to listen to, like, for example, now Radio Islam who are speaking about um, the women of the past. So, wherever we can, find knowledge. I definitely think everything about her, from the, the relationship she had with her father, to the relationship um, she had with her husband, to the patience that she had, to um, how her story is woman empowerment as well, uh, and to move away from this narrative of what the new idea that the West has put upon us that is actually woman empowerment. And she's the actual woman of Jannah, she's the queen of Jannah. So there's just so many beautiful things from her story. Alhamdulillah, and with that, we come to the close of another edition of Revival in Motion here on Radio Islam. As always, we'd love to hear from you your suggestions of topics or guests that we can have featuring on our future programs. Do drop us an email, hana at radioislamlive.com. Jazakumullah khair for listening in today, and until we meet again next week, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.